I know everyone has memories of cracking open some wonderful pistachios. I used to always throw a bag of the classic roasted, salted, wonderful pistachios in the cart when I was grocery shopping growing up. And I remember always having a bowl going in the kitchen while cracking them open. Roasted salted is still my classic, but recently I've been trying all the flavors. And I must say, even though I love in-shell pistachios for the activity of cracking them open, Wonderful Pistachios, no shell, salt and vinegar might just be my new favorite. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. There's six grams of protein per one ounce serving. That's packing a protein punch. Chili roasted, honey roasted, sea salt and pepper, jalapeno lime. There are so many flavors to try out and Wonderful Pistachios has become one of my favorite snacks recently. I need my snacks to be a good source of protein and I love when I can eat snacks with my hands. It's easy, it's fun, what more can you ask for? I also really like using the no-shell pistachios from Wonderful Pistachios to put on salads or rice bowls. Spring and summer salads are going to be so good. I can't wait to add the jalapeno lime ones to a fresh salad. And I've been using the chili roasted flavor on top of rice bowls recently. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more and find out where you can get wonderful pistachios near you. It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Carolina Salazar. If you have been a listener to the podcast for a while, Carolina has actually been on Girls with Goals before, and we're so excited to have her back. She's an incredible content creator, and she is also a certified hormone specialist, correct? Yes. Yay. Okay, so last time we had her on, we talked a lot about manifestation, a little more spirituality, and now we're really excited to dive into hormone health, cycle syncing, and kind of giving Catherine and I like the 101 with that. Right, as I'm well. here to learn. So, <laughs> like, I really am um, at the same time as we do that with you. And I'm so excited. I loved recording with Carolina last time. I literally like left that interview feeling like I learned so much from her and had so many like little things that I wanted to implement into my life. And so I'm sure that this will be the same for us and for you guys. That, if you guys do want to go back to that episode, we'll link it below as well if you want to get both the Carolina episodes yeah. in your ears. But, Thank you guys for having me again. I'm so excited. I love recording with you all and I'm so honored. That was so kind. Of course, of course. Um, do you have anything else that you want to say about yourself before we do a little intro enough. for the people who yeah, should do a little intro? Last episode. <laughs> so if you guys did not tune into the previous episode, I'm Carolina. I am based in New York. I have been doing content creation for two years now. So I started in May of 2020. So with my approach to content, I like to bring a really holistic approach. And I like to empower women to look at their health from all angles. So not only from food and nutrition, which is so important, but also taking into account their mindset and their relationships and their spirituality and their connection to themselves and to something greater. So I just bring that lens to everything that I do. I work one-on-one with people. I am a holistic health coach and a hormone specialist. And yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Yeah, I love Carolina's approach to health. And I think you guys were super aligned with it as well. So getting into hormone health in particular, and is your um your interest in hormone health and your certification, is that more recent or is this something that you've been building for a long time? 
it is a little bit more recent, but it was kind of intertwined with everything because my relationship to my body and to like specifically my cycle has been kind of evolving for the last two years. But in terms of like really diving in as deep as I can, learning a lot has been a lot more in 2022. So basically this whole year. Yeah, I feel like it has picked up an interest for a lot of people as well. Yes, for sure. So hormone health in general, what is it? And why do you think that it's important for females to understand hormone health? Yeah, for sure. Hormones are so important. Our body have our body has so many different hormones. And basically, the way that the endocrine system works is it's made up of a lock and key system. So hormones basically are like the key that activates a bunch of different locks in our body. So there are so many hormones, so many different things that hormones do in our body. So understanding our hormones is important because a lot of issues that people experience, whether it be like skin issues or gut issues or not being able to lose weight, not seeing progress in the gym, like a lot of the times that can really tie back to your hormones, even things like not being able to sleep through the night, or of course, there's, you know, interrelations with our cycle too, like having irregular cycles, not having a period at all, not being able to get pregnant, like there's literally so many different ways that hormones play a part in our life. And so understanding your hormone health is important because it can help you alleviate some of these really uncomfortable symptoms that like you might have tried a bunch of other different things before to take care of it or to take care of those symptoms and it's just not working so looking at your hormones can kind of give you more insight into that and what would understanding hormone health look like is it understanding kind of like how hormones work in general or would it be kind of diving into like more testing to to know specifically Um, what's going on with your body depends both so testing is probably the most transparent approach like if you want to know exactly what's happening with your own body you can get a specific blood test or there's also urine tests and saliva tests and like you can do these more advanced tests especially the urine and saliva ones like there are certain hormones that you can't really check with blood so Mm -hmm. those are best done in the other tests like for example if you want to test your cortisol levels you have to do a urine test like so there are certain things that are better one too to be aware of yeah exactly yeah that's cortisols are stress hormones so if you want to understand like if you're having chronic stress and how it's playing a part in your life you have to do kind of like an out a day long out like urine test where you take your urine kind of a couple of hours Mm -hmm. and then you're able to see how your cortisol curve is kind of playing out so So the testing is very helpful there's different ways you can get tested sometimes traditional doctors are a little bit more resistant to doing those tests so you have to come to your doctor kind of informed and with the knowledge about the hormones so you can say like hey I'm experiencing this this and this I did my research here's why it's important can you please order this test for me and if the doctor is really resistant then there's still ways for you to do it out of pocket or finding other ways that aren't necessarily so expensive, but it's an investment in just knowing that information. And then the other way is also just through a health history, through understanding like everything that you're experiencing, your lifestyle, the symptoms you're experiencing. And then a lot of the times someone who has the knowledge of hormones, like a hormone specialist or a nutritionist can then help you basically spot what could be underlying. And then if you have the hormone testing, then you can have that layer of information that can help your hormone specialist basically help you even more. Wait, out of curiosity, 
have you done any of these tests and like I actually I've done blood tests before to test my hormones okay. but I literally completed my certification pretty recently even though I've been doing it for yeah. a couple of months so now I have this awareness of like the different kinds of tests that you can do yeah. even for like thyroid hormones or for like certain hormones that affect your period mm-hmm. most typical blood tests don't include those things so you have to know what to yeah. ask for yeah so Absolutely. how did you figure those things out on your own? How did I figure out like my like, like what tests you want to take, what information you want to know? Or I guess I'm kind of thinking like in terms of balancing your own hormone health and like taking strides to improve it. Like what are the things that you did yes. without kind of knowing that information? Yes. Right? So like how did I implement hormone health principles into my life exactly. without the testing, right? Yeah. So I can give a little bit more context into like how I got into this. Yes. So yeah, the it. reason I got into cycle syncing and into hormone health was because I had a very regular cycle. So mm-hmm. before I even got on birth control, my cycle was so irregular. Like I would go months without having a period. I was very disconnected from it. I mean, this was in high school, so it was, it was a while ago. And then I lost my period because I was struggling with an eating disorder mm-hmm. back then. I went to my gynecologist and I was like, let me just put a bandaid on this, slap a bandaid on this problem and let's go on birth control. So I asked my gynecologist to put me on birth control and I, in my mind was like, it's going to help me get my period back. It's going to help regulate my cycle. I didn't know anything. I had not done any research. It was just kind of what I had heard about from people. So that's what I thought was going to happen. I didn't even know that when you are in birth control, you don't ovulate, you don't have a real period. So it wasn't really doing anything back then. So just that's some context. I ended up going on birth control. I was on that. Then I switched to an IUD. And when I was in the IUD was when I first heard about cycle syncing. And the way that I learned about it was honestly because of TikTok, like girls talking about how they went off of birth control, how much better they felt, how they were aligning their business and their like daily lives with their cycle and they were feeling more connected to their feminine. And I was like, this is so cool. I want to be able, be able to experience that. I don't feel connected to my body in this way. So that was the first light bulb moment. I remember this was around fall of 2020. So basically two years ago. Fast forward, I am going off of the IUD, but I'm in a long-term relationship. And at that point, it was still pretty early in our relationship. And we were just kind of like, oh, we don't want to have to wear condoms. Like we were just kind of like annoyed at the whole thing. It was just like harder to know, like, should be we wearing condoms all the time? Like I didn't have as much information. So we, I ended up, I ended up going back on the pill. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I go back on the pill. I was on the pill for like four or five more months. And then in March of 2021 was when I was like, I'm ready. I'm so emotional. I'm experiencing all these uncomfortable symptoms I just kind of want to go off of it and regulate my period and like get my period back for for good that said like I basically had been off I had not been off of birth control for a super long time as I mentioned before my period used to be very irregular so when I went off of it it was kind of cold turkey I didn't have support I didn't have as much information I kind of had a vague idea of what cycle syncing was but I felt really lost like I was so confused on what to do? How do I know if I'm ovulating? How do I know if I should be wearing a condom? How do I get my cycle to be regular? I was trying to consume random pieces of content on TikTok, but I still felt really confused. And so I spent quite a a few months just in this lost mode. Like in terms of my relationship, we just 
for using condoms pretty much always. And then when it came to the rest, I wasn't really doing anything differently. And I still was having a very irregular cycle because it takes your body also some time to adjust. But I was just having cycle lengths of 50 days, other cycle lengths of 12 or 20 days. Okay, okay, yeah. So it was very, very weird. And I didn't know anything. Like I was just stressed. Mm -hmm. And so eventually I kind of reached a point where I was like I just need to go and learn as much as I can so the first book that I came in contact with that kind of changed everything for me was the book period power so I read that book and then I just kind of started going into a really big deep dive so really learning everything I could about the cycle the cycle phases the hormones just everything Mm -hmm. And then I started making some lifestyle switches, which we can dive into, which is more like what I started doing to support my body. And once I started doing that, then everything kind of started to change. And I can proudly report that my cycle is completely regular at this point. Like today when we're recording, I'm on my period and this cycle was 31 days. So very, very healthy cycle length. The normal cycle length is 28 to 35 days. So... (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of like my journey with it. And then eventually I was like, I want to learn as much as I can. So I decided to go do the certification, which is how I now know even more about all the hormones, not just Mm -hmm. the ones that affect our cycle, but just how Mm -hmm. the whole body works, different ways to spot. Like if you have certain hormones that are that are basically out of whack Mm -hmm. and the true things that impact your hormones. So I can dive into that a little bit, like what actually makes a difference right because there's a lot out there that can feel very confusing so I try as much as possible whenever I can to simplify things so that they're super approachable grounded and just like easy to implement so when it really comes down to it the main things that impact your hormones are your diet Mm -hmm. so the foods that you're eating like the quality of the foods that you're eating how frequently you're eating like all of that your sleep matters a lot a lot a lot also just that kind of ties into stress Mm -hmm. so your cortisol and just the different things that affect your stress levels and then also your gut like your gut health is really really important and I'm trying to think oh and then the last thing that's really important too is something called endocrine disruptors and your awareness of them in your life. So endocrine disruptors are basically substances that and chemicals that can be like in your cosmetics, in your household products, in like different objects that you use, like the containers you store your food, stuff like that, the pans that you use, and that can affect your hormones. And especially if you're using them in large quantities. Yeah. So we can dive into each of those if you guys want. I can kind Absolutely. of give yeah, that's so overall tips, but we can talk about that. And then I can also give a little bit more context into cycle syncing, mm-hmm. how all of that really works. And then the things that help me regulate my cycle in particular. Yeah. yeah, no, that's honestly like perfect. I love that outline. I, I'm so curious myself because my period has been very regular, like my whole life, like, probably honestly like similar journey to you like was on the pill not regular then like had more disordered eating like underweight totally gone then went off the pill not regular IUD and so like very similar whereas now I feel like it's becoming a like much more regular and consistent 
but I don't feel like I understand it very well. Yes, totally. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that a lot of girls, like if you struggle with any regular cycle, it sucks. Like I honestly thought for so long that my cycle was always going to be irregular. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't believe that it was possible Mm -hmm. to get it to be regular until I actually experienced the change. So there's hope if anyone (laughs) listening is struggling with that. Yeah. But diving into food a little bit one of the most important things when it comes to food is blood sugar balance the reason for that is because one of the hormones in our body that relates to blood sugar is called insulin so insulin is basically produced whenever your blood sugar goes up so when glucose which is a level of sugar in your blood increases insulin is created or secreted to reduce your glucose and to balance your blood sugar And what happens is that a lot of us, when we're eating, we're eating quantity of food that has a lot of glucose, or like, let's say you're eating something really sugary on an empty stomach, boom, your your insulin spikes, and then you have this blood sugar spike, and then, sorry, your blood sugar spikes, insulin spikes, and then your like blood sugar curve just looks like a roller coaster. And the thing is that when your blood sugar goes up really high, it also has a very, very steep fall. Mm-hmm. And that's why then like maybe you would eat something and then very closely after like immediately after you would get hungry again okay. for very like very little bit of time after mm-hmm. so the benefit of balancing your blood sugar is that you balance your insulin and that means that you improve your energy you improve like how you feel throughout the day you reduce your fatigue you are also able to reach fitness goals more like quickly mm-hmm. and all of that. So the key to blood sugar balance is fiber. Eating enough fiber is really, really important, making sure that's in every single meal. So fiber can come from many different sources, but primarily like the easiest way to have fiber in your diet is through vegetables. Just like making sure that you're eating a salad, like an arugula salad, or having arugula with your food, or like adding in any vegetable, like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, green peas, like it doesn't matter, like anything that's a vegetable pretty much has fiber other things that have fiber are grains like rice oats that kind of stuff some seeds have a lot of fiber like chia seeds and that kind of stuff and then beans are also very very full of fiber like they're probably the most fiber filled food that exists mm-hmm. in the world so fiber is essential and a lot a lot a lot of americans just people in the world do not have enough fiber in their diet and a typical american diet is a source of those blood sugar spikes Mm -hmm. so that's the first thing like making sure that you have fiber and then making sure that you balance all the macronutrients so making sure you have high quality protein in your food like the quality of the protein that you're eating which means if you're gonna eat meat aim for eating Mm grass-fed If you're going to eat any like dairy, aim for it to be organic or for eggs, for example, have it be pasture raised. Like these little things ensure higher quality of the ingredients, Mm -hmm. because if we're constantly eating animal products that were fed hormones, Mm -hmm. that's also not the best. Um, So protein is super important. And then healthy fats are also essential. So avocado, nuts and seeds a little bit of olive oil, like cooking with olive oil, that kind of stuff. So having all of them, like having the fibrous carbs, having the protein, having the healthy fats 
is going to help your blood sugar not spike because protein and fats they take longer and fiber take longer to be digested Mm -hmm. so if you're eating like something that has more glucose like let's say you're eating like a sweet potato or something like that or if you're drinking a juice like try not to eat that or drink that in an empty stomach like that's one of the biggest things when it comes to nutrition and I think especially related to cycle syncing so many people like let me know if you guys feel this like so many people think like oh my god but I have to eat this one food in this part of my cycle for my cycle to be regular like I used to think that mm-hmm. when I started learning about cycle syncing mm-hmm. and I just realized that it's so much more about how you're eating. Like, how are you balancing your plate? Are okay. you having a balanced meal or are you eating a meal that's just carbs? Like, uh-huh. if you do that, like, it's probably you're going to have more blood sugar spikes. Mm-hmm. Carbs are amazing. I love carbs. But if you're going to eat a carb, it's just better if you try to eat it, if it's like a bigger meal with yeah. a little bit of protein or healthy fats. Yeah. I feel like that goes for so many things, even beside like beyond hormone balancing too, just with the like macronutrient, micronutrient balance as well. It just goes so far. I feel like yeah. once you get into this stuff, everything is interconnected and it, it may seem overwhelming when you get into it. Like you said, tell me if you agree with this. I can't tell you if I agree with it or not because I don't know enough to like have a stance on how I eat during cycle syncing. Like I simply don't know enough that's so much information that I haven't even begun to decipher but once I feel like once you get into it you realize how many connections there are and how it's it's not that overwhelming once you actually yeah. once you get over that kind of initial chunk of information but yeah exactly and I think that's what like most people feel it's just overwhelm mm-hmm. and lack of education around this yes. like that's why I like your simplification style with this yeah yeah so balanced meals getting all of the macronutrients in fiber through specifically vegetables beans are high in fiber grains um and then as well as looking for higher quality sources of protein when you were saying like organic um more organic like dairies and things like that what about like fruits and vegetables do you think that it matters in that sense as well I think organic like organic what it really means is that it basically doesn't have pesticide residue, yeah. mainly in the food, or uh-huh. that they were just not raised with any pesticides. And pesticides are one of those endocrine disruptors that I mentioned. Like they are things that can disrupt your hormones if they end up in your bloodstream or in your body. So that's why like organic in general is like better, but not it's not accessible to everyone. Like you it can yeah. get really expensive if you're paying for everything organic. So if you are trying to aim for organic just aim for eating the dirty dozen organic. So looking up dirty dozen on Google, you'll see that there's this list that's released by EWG every year. And it's basically the foods that have the highest amount of pesticides. So out of that list, the things that I know for off the top of my head, tomatoes, I never buy tomatoes that are not organic. Also apples, strawberries like think of a strawberry like it's so like like if you put strawberry in like water it's gonna soak it up right like it like soaks up everything so strawberries are like top of mind and then also spinach those are just things like I always buy organic and red pepper like any bell peppers also um but it's a very short list it's just 12 things there's other things in there like celery cherries peaches I think collard greens maybe I'm missing a couple but 
look it up because that it's a relatively short list. And if you want to not buy everything organic, just buy those things organic. Cool. cool. Okay, great. Yeah. That was the diet element of cycle syncing or just supporting your hormone health. What would be the next step? Sleep is what Yeah, you- I think sleep okay, is sleep. like a key one. So the reason why sleep is so important is because if you're lacking sleep, one, that has been shown, like there's been lots of studies that have shown that sleep deprived individuals were the most likely to not reach their fitness goals as quickly or to like store, mm-hmm. I guess, like extra fat in their body if they're like, if that's their goal is like building muscle and like losing fat, for example, that becomes a lot more challenging if you're not sleeping enough. And also when your body's sleeping, you're literally like healing, like your body yeah. basically detoxifying like things it's kind of like repairing itself so I think our society like demonizes sleep sometimes it's like sometimes it's like you don't need sleep sleep is for the week like whatever didn't barely slept last night haha running on like two hours of sleep and three coffees like oh my god like it's so normalized and so it's something I'm personally working on always I just got the aura ring and it tells you like your yes I was gonna burn Because I know that I've been getting so many ads for like their little cycle syncing, you know, part of the aura ring. I used to have a a ring that I wore because I, and I loved it, but I don't wear it anymore. Um, Yeah, I just got it. It makes me want to get one again. It's really cool. I just got it literally like three days ago. And so I've been looking at the data because it will show you like how much deep sleep did you get? Like how many hours did you sleep? Like last night I laid, I laid in bed at like, 9.30 9.30 maybe which is early for me mm-hmm. very early because I had to wake up at 6 a.m today so I laid in bed at like 9.30 I read I had my tea I think I probably like turned off the lights by like 10.40 and I literally didn't even get seven hours of sleep mm-hmm. like according to my aura ring like it was close and I had a pretty good sleeping score but you have to get at least set like I always aim for seven and having the data now I'm like okay I have to be extra mindful of the like my sleep habits so that's super important and then the other thing is also like we're young like that's something else I want to acknowledge too it's like when you're in your college years or when you're in your 20s like fun is also an element so aim for progress not perfection like mm-hmm. you don't have to like be so strict and be like I'm never gonna go out and I'm never gonna go out like do anything fun because I have to sleep like this much like if you're going out like just prioritize sleeping in a little bit more the next day if you can um, especially because like when we drink alcohol that's extra burden on our liver so just like detoxifying that alcohol is important or in general if you just go out later you're putting your body through a little bit more quote-unquote stress because you're awake for more hours so just repairing that with the sleep is important so finding the right balance like there's no recipe here for like right or wrong and really with anything that we're talking about there's just principles that I try to live by so sleep is something that I've been trying to prioritize more and I think that can help a lot of people if you struggle to fall asleep Mm -hmm. or to get enough sleep is having a little night ritual do you guys like have any night rituals or night I, the number of times I have tried to like start a nighttime routine and it doesn't matter if it's a two-step or like a 10-step routine I just I feel like I front load all my stuff like I have a solid my morning routine it's like wake up clean my room like get ready go to the gym cook breakfast like get my shit together 
go through the day. And then by nighttime, I've number one, done everything I wanted to do because I'm just like a morning person in general. And I feel like we talked about this in the last episode too, for sure. But I just, when I'm going to sleep, like I'm going to sleep, I have two steps or brush my teeth and like go to bed. And that's all I can handle. Are you able to sleep relatively quickly? No. (laughs) I know I do struggle with that for sure. Like you were saying, the number of times I get in bed and then can't sleep, can't sleep and check my phone. It's like way later than it should be. And I haven't been doing anything. I just can't fall asleep, Mm -hmm. but. I've been a lot better, honestly, recently, like this school year with a night routine. I've been like in bed. I have like a little Google thing next to my bed. I play chill music. I journal or I read. I usually try to do like one or the other before I go to sleep. So I've been a little bit better about a nighttime routine. And honestly, like I've been feeling so good because of it because I wake up earlier and then I have Mm -hmm. a better day. And it's like I've really been dedicating my nights like I'm not doing any work after dinner is kind of like a boundary for myself is trying to like get everything done. I'm like, I have enough time during the day to get done what I have to get done. There's no reason for me to be like working or stressed after dinner. So that's like my wind down time. I've been pretty good about it. Do you want to learn a new language? Maybe for an upcoming trip, maybe to better connect with friends who speak other languages. Maybe you just want a new skill. Rosetta Stone is going to help get you there. When talking about Rosetta Stone, I always think about when we were maybe five years old and our dad started traveling to China for work. He used Rosetta Stone for Mandarin and obviously Carolyn and I would use it too, especially when we found out that we were going to move to Asia. That is such a core memory for me and I can so vividly remember speaking into the computer, listening to the audio and like matching it so vividly. And the best thing about Rosetta Stone is that Rosetta Stone offers a lifetime membership. So you can buy the program now and get forever access to all the lessons, all the languages, forever. So I've been using this lifetime membership to pick back up my Mandarin and let me tell you Rosetta Stone is incredible. The way that it is so immersive has me back to being confident in my Mandarin so quickly and you can even start from scratch. Of course they have 25 languages to learn and it's immersive. You learn it naturally and you should definitely check it out. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Girls with Goals listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. If you're in college or high school and are looking to build your credit up, then the Ambition Card by College Ave is for you. This is a card that helps you safely build a positive credit history while you are in college. We talk a lot about financial literacy and making sound financial decisions. Cue literally every conversation we've had on dupes and making smart finance decisions ever. And building a solid credit history helps so much, especially when you can get ahead while you're in college. The Ambition Card helps you prepare for post-grad living with no late fees, no interest charges, and no credit check to qualify. Making payments on time will help positively impact and build your credit score. The Ambition Card is specifically designed to help you, not hurt you, and you may not realize how important building a positive credit history while in college is right now, but I promise once you've graduated and are looking into renting your own apartment, opening a new credit card, starting a business, asking for a loan for anything car insurance, getting a new car, your credit history sticks with you and has the opportunity to get you good deals and loans in the future if it's good, which is why I think this ambition card is such an amazing opportunity to get ahead of building your credit and start strong. It's easy to get started. You can transfer money to your account and even set your own spending limit too. You've got money goals and the ambition card will help get you there. Check it out at ambitioncard.com. The ambition card is issued by Evolved Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Results may vary. Credit history is impacted by a number of factors. Yes. I have been taking magnesium 
but like before I go to sleep because I used to take it I think it helps with my stomach as well and yes. obviously sleep so that's I'm a magnesium stand I love, I love magnesium also game I used to take it when I was little little because I had like when I was like seven I had a naturopath for like stomach issues <laughs> and I was like I need to get back into this like let me <laughs> go to my naturopath. Yes. yeah no magnesium is she's a rock star I love magnesium um but I mean everything you said Caroline is like so on point it's like if I was going to tell anyone like what to do for their night routine like that sounds basically okay. in line with what I would suggest like you know wind down like avoid doing any stressful work really late at night and choose like a, one ritual like whether it's reading or yeah. or journaling or like making some tea I love making tea at night it really yes. relaxes me I love dandelion tea especially I'll just like make my tea this is again progress over perfection there are some days where it just doesn't happen but most days the more I do that the better and then if you struggle with falling asleep my biggest tips are don't drink caffeine before 2 p.m after 2 p.m mm-hmm. um because I caffeine like takes at least like eight hours to be completely like not as stimulating to your body so that's why 2 p.m is a good like cutoff time and then the other thing is also overall like if your body is under a lot of stress or if you're under a lot of emotional or mental stress cortisol and melatonin have opposite curves on opposite like inverse relationships so if your cortisol is high you like or if your cortisol is out of balance your body doesn't produce as much melatonin so like when your your cortisol curve is like when you wake up your cortisol is the highest and then it kind of dips over the day and then as cortisol dips, melatonin rises. That's why normally, like when you get to the end of the day, like if your curves are okay and like your cortisol levels are pretty in range, then you would get sleepier or tired towards the nighttime usually. Yeah. But one thing that I feel like really affects my sleep if I'm doing this is scrolling later at night. Yeah. So if I'm like, if I, this is like the more, number one thing, like to simplify, I would say like, if you can, stop scrolling on your phone by like 9 30 or 10 p.m like if you can just put your phone away or set up the like night mode or put do not disturb at a certain hour yeah that's already gonna help so much because whenever I scroll I scroll at least like 30 minutes mm-hmm. within 30 minutes of laying in bed I'm thinking a lot more I'm like thinking about what I was scrolling and seeing on my phone or like if I'm seeing my emails and I'm thinking about what I have to get done the next day like yeah. it just creates more stress and again probably rises your cortisol a little bit and then the blue light also affects the melatonin production so one if there's one tip I would give to improve sleep is aim to put your phone away earlier than you normally do and then have one night routine thing that you like to do love it all right diet sleep what's is there any let's other- talk about endocrine disruptors I want to quickly touch on this because I think this is like underrated and I'm going to say one more time progress over perfection because we're all human here but <laughs> basically the typical things that have endocrine disruptors are like some household products like that have a lot of like just a lot of like toxic ingredients so for example if like you're cleaning your house like one thing that I know like doesn't have any harmful chemicals is just like plain like rubbing alcohol like Mm -hmm. that's fine to like clean surfaces or that's a a couple of different wipes like there's a company called Branch Basics that has very like toxic free 
cleaning products. So that's one thing. The other thing is cosmetics. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, literally, like so many cosmetics have so many toxic substances and a lot of brands are like I really like or like I have liked their products for a long time so when I learned about this I was like I need to prioritize more toxic free brands How did so you if you just search like toxic free brands is it obvious or did you kind of have to yeah. do, dive into ingredients if you look up toxic free like that's the best label like yeah. To, to identify because a lot of brands will say they're clean but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are actually yeah. toxic free yeah. so uh, toxic free is the best or if they say like no parabens like no fragrances sulfates like those kinds of top um, toxic substances um, like for example I love mac like I just love a mac lipstick like I love the mac mascara but I know it's not a clean brand so like sometimes I probably will use my mac mascara but that's why I'm saying like it's yeah. not about being perfect, but about just like the daily things that you do. Like also skincare. Skincare is something that's important to be mindful of. One brand that I know is really good because I recently listened to a podcast about this is Drunk Elephant. That brand, super, super clean. A more accessibly priced one is Versed. That okay. brand is also very clean. That's no, funny. We have both I have in our drawer downstairs. I think, number one, I'm su- I have super sensitive skin and I'm allergic to vitamin E. So that like takes out so many skincare products. Also, Drunk Elephant, I've tried to use them so many times and I just, my skin is way too sensitive for it. And it's a little, no matter what I, I use. I think the products are pretty intense. Even the moisturizer mm. is like, yeah. my skin, I'll get so irritated. Um. And I've also, um, if you've heard of Dr. Dennis Gross, I think that brand is also pretty good. Um, And then I recently got sent another brand that I use today, actually. It's called Ghost Democracy. And their ingredients are really good. I was going to say, your skin looks so glowy and like. Thank you. I don't even have anything aside from skincare on my face. So my skin has been feeling so dull and dry and like breakouty recently. Not fun. (laughs) What do you think is causing it? That's the thing. I don't necessarily know, but I never really dealt with acne until I feel like this past year, it's been flaring up so much more. And so I'm like, I don't know if it, like, I feel like it is a hormonal thing just because my hormones were so out of whack. And now my cycle is starting to be regular and I'm like dealing with more acne. So I feel like there's a correlation with hormones, but I don't really know what I would do differently. I don't know. Yeah. I think that at the like the things that I would suggest to start with is what we already talked about so looking into just like the quality of the food that you're eating like how much processed food are you eating like things Mm -hmm. for example like protein powder like those products like sometimes the ingredients can be a little bit trickier um so like how clean are the ingredients like is there a long ass list of ingredients or is it more minimal Mm -hmm. like that's one thing I would suggest like starting with and then I think I mean both of you guys like eat super healthy for the most oh, part. Dairy. So, I've had times where I haven't eaten dairy, but recently I've been like very free flowing with dairy. Could be that too. I mean, I think that inflammation, right, a lot of the times is what results in the skin issue. So the skin is just a reflection of like what's going on inside. So I would say it could either be from like inflammatory foods, like we're talking about, um, just like looking up like inflammatory foods like the biggest thing is sugar like refined sugar mm-hmm. um or alcohol um or it could also be like just something in your gut 
like maybe doing like a gut specific test where you can identify if like there is any like pathogens like gi stuff going on that you wouldn't know without a test yeah like everything so. is hormones everything <laughs> it really is it really is and then one thing i also want to touch on that is so important is the liver the liver is amazing and it's something that is barely talked about i feel like in the yeah. health space but it's something that I started learning about a few months ago and I've been really prioritizing liver awareness and like doing things that are good for my liver. So basically some context on the liver. What the liver does in our body is it detoxifies our body. So there's two detoxification pathways. There's the liver and there's the kidneys. The kidneys is more for water-soluble toxins. So like whatever comes out in your pee pretty much is filtered out like the, the kidneys helping that filtering out. But anything that is fat soluble is filtered out by your liver. So that means hormones. Mm-hmm. The liver filters out every single hormone in your okay. body. It also filters out external toxins. So mm-hmm. like I was describing stuff that can come from the endocrine disruptors which I didn't go into but also can include like if you put all your groceries or like all your food in plastic containers like especially when the food is hot like that can be an endocrine disruptor some pans also have endocrine disruptors so that's something else that your liver would filter out and then also things like caffeine alcohol any like smoke that comes from like any drugs like Mm -hmm. or like weed or from like cigarettes Mm -hmm. like nicotine like that's also filtered out by your liver and then certain foods especially fattier foods so like as I said it's fat soluble right so like oil and water don't mix fat and water don't mix that's why the liver and the kidney do like complementary functions but they're for different toxins Uh so ultimately these toxins for them to be actually excreted from your body has to be through poop like that's how they like go out of your body Mm -hmm. or for you to have like healthy pooping you need fiber that's why fiber is so important because fiber binds to these like fat soluble toxic substances and hormones further down the line in the detoxification process and then they leave your body through poop that's Mm -hmm. why having like pooping every day and like going to the bathroom every day is really really essential for your liver and so the best ways to support your liver like for like more tangible tips is one of the things again eating fiber that's essential so making sure you eat enough of that um also a couple other things you can do is being mindful of your caffeine and your alcohol consumption that's essential because that's going to put less i guess um stress on your liver um and then the other thing i would mention is dandelion tea can be really good to help your liver uh, dry brushing if you guys have ever heard of dry brushing yeah, yeah. I actually have one and I don't do it consistently but I, like, I enjoy do it, it a couple times a week like before you shower can be really great for your liver and then the other thing is about the liver that's interesting is that the liver is always gonna prioritize excreting external hormone external substances external toxins so whatever comes from caffeine alcohol these environmental toxins before your hormones so the way that I heard this described is think of a busy highway like a busy highway during rush hour the cars are moving they're like moving but like kind of slowly but they're kind of like you're moving yeah then it comes an ambulance 
all the cars move to the side so the ambulance can pass through and then there's traffic and everything kind of stops before it goes back to normal. So like the, the car movement is going to be delayed by the ambulance because that's the priority. That's what happens when there's these external toxins and things that the liver is processing and burdened with. So prioritizing, reducing those external toxins can then help your body prioritize excreting the hormones. Because if your body is not getting to, like if your liver is just like running on like 24 seven, just like constantly trying to excrete, like, oh my God, there's so much caffeine in my system. Like, oh my gosh, there's all these external processed foods or oh my god like she's eating fries every day like i need to remove all this these toxins like the hormones come last and then the hormones instead of being excreted in the right amounts they get recirculated in your body in your bloodstream and so that was is what causes hormonal imbalances because you're gonna have more quantity of one hormone than it's than it's supposed to be in balance with the other hormones does that make sense yeah that was such a good description so that's what truly causes the hormonal imbalances is when the hormones are not truly excreted and they're just constantly being recirculated in your blood. Wow, that's so interesting. So then so, cycle syncing, because I feel like we've you've given so much mm-hmm. great information about supporting hormone health in general. The concept of cycle syncing is that those things can kind of shift at different points in your cycle. How does that come into play? Yeah, the core of, of cycle syncing is that women operate on a 28 plus day cycle if you have an irregular cycle then it's probably a little bit of a different number but overall while men have the same hormonal cycle every 24 hours women have it in a span of a month or more and so because we have these hormonal fluctuations our hormonal system in general is just a little bit more sensitive and that's why I would say for women, especially though for men, it's also extremely important, like it's equally important, but for women, it might aggravate some symptoms is all these principles that we talked about balancing your blood sugar, reducing your stress, making sure that you're eating balanced meals, detoxifying your liver, all of that is essential for women. But cycle syncing is basically understanding how your cycle works how the hormones change throughout the cycle so that then you can make lifestyle shifts that are not very crazy or anything like that to support your cycle, to align with your cycle. And then so that you can feel better, you can work with your body instead of working against your body. Mm -hmm. And the health of your cycle is like a barometer, like a thermometer of your overall health. Yeah. Our our menstrual cycle is a really big indication to like how healthy our body is as a woman. What are those different phases of the cycle and what are kind of the different ways that your body reacts to them? Yeah. So I recently made a YouTube video actually describing all of this in depth. So I can send you guys a link if you want to leave it in yeah. the description also, but I'll give like a little uh crash course. Okay. So basically there are four phases of the cycle. The first phase is the menstrual phase. That's when you have your period. Then it's a follicular phase, which is right after. So, you know, like after you got your period, like when you have your period, you're a little bit more tired. Like that's considered your inner winter. Mm -hmm. Think of winter, right? Like you tend to stay inside more. You're more like, let me drink like my hot cocoa and just like lay in the couch. Like that's your period. Then you enter your inner spring. Then you enter your follicular phase. 
follicular phase, you start having more energy. Then you start, you know, being more in this like outward energy, more ideas, more energy to work out, etc. Your follicular phase leads up to your ovulation. So the ovulatory phase is short, but it's the end of your follicular phase. That's when you're fertile. That's when your body is if your sex if your cycle is healthy if your cycle if you are ovulating the egg is basically released to be fertilized if the egg is not fertilized then it basically disintegrates like your your uterine lining essentially gets ready to then be shed after when you get your period but before that happens you enter something called the luteal phase and the luteal phase is basically when your body starts creating this like environment that is safe for a baby to basically become a baby um but if not then that's why like their hormones drop and then you have your period so that's like the overall vibe mm-hmm. of the cycle and then just tying it back to the seasons which is what i talk about in the youtube video your menstrual phase is your in, which is when you have your period is your inner winter and then you can think about every phase being a season so then it's your inner spring then it's your inner summer when you ovulate that's your summer like think of like summer right we were talking about this in the other episode, like summer, it's like, everything's more fun and bright and you're tan and you're at the beach and you're walking around and like, you want to socialize, like that's essentially like the lead up to your ovulation. And then afterwards, like where we're at now, like the weather starts to cool down and things start to slow a little bit more and you start to maybe go back to school and to like productivity and like, that's your fall, like that's your autumn, that's the lead up to your period. So it's about like slowing down a little bit, especially like in small ways so that you're preparing your body to then shed and have a period. Yeah. So that's kind of like the feel for the phases. Um, and then there's also the hormonal component. Mm-hmm. The three main hormones that are important are estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. Estrogen is the main hormone in the first part of the cycle. So the spring and the summer. And it's the highest when you're ovulating, like peaks. And this is why like in the beginning of your cycle, at least for me, I feel a lot more energized when I wake up to go lift weights or to like go work out. And then workouts might feel a little bit more difficult to do in the end part of my cycle. And that's because when you pass ovulation, you enter what's called your luteal phase. And that's when progesterone is the star of the show. Progesterone is the dominant hormone then. And progesterone is different. Progesterone is like, let's get ready for a baby. Let's like create a cozy environment. Like that's progesterone. It's like, I don't want to be the star of the show. Like Mm -hmm. I just want to like nurture myself. And that's why nurturing yourself and taking that extra self-care leading up to your period is the key to avoiding those really bad period symptoms. So like if people have very, like if anyone listening, like if you have badass cramps, horrible cramps when you get your period or if you just like feel awful leading up to your period ask yourself am I like doing high impact hit workouts where I'm jumping up and down the week before my period how much alcohol are you drinking leading up to your period how much caffeine are you drinking leading up to your period how much sleep are you getting all of those things are lifestyle things you can pay attention to to reduce those bad PMS and period symptoms so that's kind of cycle thinking like very very summarized Mm -hmm. I could obviously dive into it a lot more but that's the gist yeah so you're saying for anyone listening like the maybe most important place to start is 
you know, that week before your period, giving a little more nurture to your body. 100%. Mm-hmm. That's a, super important. And then the la- the other thing I will just say too, is that when it came to getting my cycle to be more regular, these were the things that I did. Okay. So everything that I talked about in this episode was what helped me achieve a regular cycle, mm-hmm. especially, especially the sleep, especially the balanced meals, reducing how much alcohol I was drinking was really huge. I'm not saying like cut out alcohol. Like I, I like Marg. Like I like, you know, going out and dancing and having a like a couple of drinks. But when I was in college, I used to over drink. Like I was drinking like three, four nights a week, like multiple drinks every yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Liver was like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> so basically I think those are the three biggest things. And then when it comes to your workouts, I know you guys like lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, muscle training and resistance training and like lifting weights is actually one of the best workouts that you can do because you can do it all cycle long. Like it's a type of workout because you're not really jumping and like putting a lot of impact. Yeah. You're building muscle and you're and that's really important. Like having muscle is super important to having ovulation, to like a healthy ovulation. Um, and also overall to like support uh, and the reason for that is because when you build muscle and you work on like reducing a little bit of fat in storage in your body that contributes to like a healthy ovulation every single cycle and that said there are so many workouts you can do but the only thing I would say I would avoid is very intense high impact like hit specific workouts where you're jumping a lot and like putting a lot of impact on your joints and like running and that kind of stuff leading up to your period. That's okay. the only thing I would say. Yeah. And like when you have your period as yeah. well in the beginning, like in the first couple of days. Cool. Okay. Well, similarly, I know in the last episode and in all of our episodes, we like to ask what a typical day in your life looks like. So we've been over your typical day. Um, how about with cycle syncing, with the addition of cycle syncing and thinking and living through that? What is a typical good typical day in your life look like with cycle syncing I would say what does a typical day look like at like the point in your cycle that you're at now like on your period now Mm. and kind of how that differs from what your maybe otherwise day would look like yeah a hundred percent actually I remember in the last episode when you guys asked me this I think I said kind of like I don't really have a routine right now I think I was kind of like I, I don't remember what I said but I think I was at a point where I wasn't having a very structured morning routine I was just kind of like I listen to my body every day yeah but for context too this year I've traveled like the most that I've ever traveled in my life Mm. and so it was really hard to have a routine Mm -hmm. but now that I'm back in New York and I've been back for a little over a month I've been really working on a little bit more consistency with a routine so I actually can basically say like I kind of have a routine that I enjoy um, and so usually what that looks like, there's two two ways. One way, which is what I tended to do most days, is I wake up. This is most like weekdays. Weekends is a little different. Yeah, but it's like I wake up around like seven and then I would have like, I would med- meditate for like five minutes, 10 minutes, however long I can if, most days. And then I would have like a banana and like a, a small like espresso 
And I would go to the gym in my building. I would do my workout. I've been doing like the sweat app. I don't know if you guys know that app. Um, There's like a power sweat app, which is like lifting. So I've been doing that. Before I weight, weight lift, I also do a little bit of walking on the treadmill. And then I'd come home, I'd shower, and then I'd make my breakfast and kind of move through my day. The other alternative would be waking up earlier, doing a little bit of work, and then going like having a breakfast, like a full breakfast, and then going to the gym like around 10 or 11 because I work for myself and I have that flexibility, and then coming back and having lunch. So those are the two kind of morning routines, I guess. But when it comes to cycle syncing, the biggest shifts I do is when it comes closer to my period, I would reduce the like heaviness of the weights that I would be lifting. So I wouldn't be like trying to increase like, or if I'm lifting 10s this week, like next week, let me lift 20. Like if I'm like nearing my period, I probably would lift five. Like I would not be putting pressure on myself to hit those like, I think it's called PRs, right? Like to be increasing my weights. Um, That's something I would just be mindful of. And maybe a couple more of the days I would do just like very long walks on the treadmill instead of lifting. And leading up to this current period, I also incorporated a little bit more like workout classes. So I like did solid core one day. Uh, Yesterday I went to, or two days ago, I went to like another little like resistance training, kind of like Pilates class. So instead of lifting or like running or something like that, then I just did those kinds of workouts. and. I was more mindful of like not having as much coffee. So I had a little bit more matcha than coffee, um, which are two very simple shifts that I made, but yeah. it doesn't have to be anything very crazy mm-hmm. as long as you're living already a lifestyle that's balancing for your hormones. You're already supporting your body and the cycle syncing, I think applies a little bit more sometimes to my social plans. Um, okay. So honoring if I, in my period or before my period just like having a cooking night at home with friends instead of like going out dancing and just honoring what I need socially a little bit more cool yeah I feel like I talked so much in this episode that's exactly what I wanted though because you this is what you know about (laughs) I don't have anything to add like this all sounds great I'm just absorbing right now (laughs) I love you guys but I'm glad that it was informational Let's talk about um a little bit your just quick plug for your cycle syncing course. Yes. Amazing. So if anyone listening is just interested in diving a little bit deeper into cycle syncing, I'd say check out that YouTube video that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I will send you guys the link. It's just like the most recent video I posted on my channel. Just look up the Carolina Lifestyle or Carolina Salazar on uh, YouTube. And then also my course, Cycle Syncing 101, it basically like runs down like everything. So from the mindset that helps you have cycle syncing as a part of your life and the mindset that would hinder that, Mm -hmm. then it goes into like the hormones more in depth. And then I dive into each phase of the cycle. I talk about the food component, like how to balance your meals. I talk about the stress component, like all the different things that could be causing you stress and how you can address them and improve your stress levels and all of that. So I also have a a, like module at the end that's about when things go wrong. So if you have a missing period ever, if you struggle with irregular cycles, all of that, I also touch on that in the course. 
So it's pretty much a self-paced course. I will give 40% off to everyone in your community with the code, just like GWG. Oh yeah, GWG is great too. If you guys want to use that uh, code, I'll create that for you guys. 40% off. And then also if anyone listening just wants more support one-on-one, I know sometimes like bioindividuality is real and everyone's so different. So if you want free access to my course and also one-on-one support, then DM me on Instagram and we can chat about my program and if it's a good fit for us to work together. So that's something else too. And then if not, if you just want to connect, my Instagram is the Carolina lifestyle. And so is my TikTok and my website, the Carolina lifestyle.com. Yes. And then Carolina has a podcast as well. Yes. My podcast is Luna, the podcast. I'm working on some big things and it might not be called Luna, the podcast anymore. So we'll just stay in the loop. Um, But as of now, you can still find it at Luna Sounds anywhere good. you listen to podcasts. And all of that will be linked below too. So yes. everything we just talked about, feel free to just go to the show notes, click on over and check out all of that great stuff. But thank you so much for thank taking you. time hang out with us. And I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I love you guys. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com.